Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. Mark chapter 12. I'm talking to you on these uh, Sunday morning moments. I'm on a series for a few weeks on how do we live? How do we walk? What are we supposed to do? Wars and rumors of wars, famine, no uh, baby formula, unusual divisiveness and strife, uh, uh, depression on the economics, $100 plus gas bill at the gas pump. What do we do? How do we live? Well, I'm going to tell you six things. Number one, we walk by faith. Number one, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is substantial. Faith is, I'm trusting God. There is a God. He's responsive. I believe that. It's my core value. I believe him, and I believe he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. Habakkuk 2, 4 says, Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by faith. Number two, I'm teaching today primarily about walking in love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says these three abide, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these has been and always will be love. And so love is, is described and defined in the scriptures. We're going to read 1 John chapter 4 in a moment, but I want to read. I've got a lot going on in my head. If you're a note taker, good luck. You know, it's like, uh, now some of you religious people, I don't believe in luck. I was a figure of speech, so don't get upset with me about Some of you, that's all, uh, Pastor Jeffers, but that, that's, that's up the devil. All right, it was a figure of speech. Sorry, 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 sorry. But good luck in taking notes. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> plus you're supposed to walk in love, so you got to love me. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, then, then therefore be imitators of God, imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. Love is patient, it's kind, it's not jealous, doesn't brag, isn't arrogant, never acts unbecomingly, doesn't seek its own, is not easily provoked, doesn't take into account a wrong suffered, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. We're number three, to walk in the Spirit. If we walk in the Spirit, in Galatians 5.16, it says, then we'll not carry out the desires or the dictates of the flesh. Uh, those are our options, and we could actually walk with God and who is a spirit and yield to him and see some fantastic results as we develop. Number four, we're to walk in the light rather than with well, a gross darkness, but yet we're called to walk as children of light and walk in the light as words a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So there you go. We can walk in the light. Number five, we walk in the truth. There's a lot of people calling evil good and good evil, bitter sweet and sweet bitter. Light, darkness, and darkness, light. But God calls it and tells it exactly like it is. And so it's wonderful to walk. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Number six, and lastly, it all translates into good works. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There was a question asked in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, by one of the observers listening to Jesus' teaching when he came in on his earthly ministry. 
What's the most important deal? The scribe asked him, and they were arguing, recognizing he was answering well these questions. He says, so what, is the, what commandment is foremost of all? In the Jewish spectrum, I think there's 614 commandments. We know 10 commandments, but they actually have dietary commandments and other, other restrictions and other things that he's put out, hand washing and things that uh, they wanted to know, what's the most important one? And then Jesus in verse 29 he answered, the foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's exclusive. There's only one God. And he said, you shall love, have affection for, adoration toward, devotion, exclusive commitment, vital connection, deep, deep value on the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So everybody say all in. all in. So then it says in verse, say this with me, I'm all in. I'm okay, all good. In. Now let's make it personal. So then in verse 31, it says the second is this. And one other translation, one other, uh, other gospel rather says, is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. They're both alike because it's volitional, decisional. It takes uh, uh, intentionality. God's called us to be intentional, target these things and say, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because the Bible says in the book of James that if we're just hearers only and not doers of the word, we delude ourselves. So there's follow through necessary. There's application necessary. So my deal as a pastor kind of like Jesus bottom lining that there, this is the target, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the Bible says he raised up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. I want to see each believer equipped. I want to see the work of service accomplished because God has called the greatest in the kingdom as a servant. And the way you spell ministry is W-O-R-K. And there's, there's, this is not a spectator sport. This is not a party atmosphere, although we do have it. We party hardy. Uh, we do watch and pray, but we also strategize and think and then deploy and act. And this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and that your fruit will remain. We all have a passion to leave a legacy. We all have a desire to bring a, a leave a mark. We all have a, 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 an actual purpose on our lives as ambassadors to go into this world and make a difference wherever we go, right? So that our life matters. So we walk by faith. We walk in love. We walk in the spirit. We walk in the light. We walk in the truth. And then we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works. So ministers, like I brought Reinhard Bonnke in. I just brought Pastor Tony Caminetti in. And he equipped us amazingly on how we should function. And, and the Lord's bond servants should not be quarrelsome. And we've got to pick our fights and figure things out so that we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our battle is really a larger scale, more eternal issue. It has to do with souls going to heaven and avoiding hell. And it's our mission to seek and save lost souls and do everything we can to maintain our witness and not just go out and win arguments and lose souls. We're called to win souls. He that is wise 
is going to push past a lot of the pettiness and get into those things are important. But the most important and the biggest imperative is we conform to the image of Jesus. We get equipped so we could do the work of the ministry and that the body of Christ will be built up. I believe in a great harvest from the lost and a revival amongst us believers. I'm believing for that. We brought in evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, who was so impactful, not only in Africa, but all around the planet. And he came and downloaded into our church for a decade. And he believed in, behind the scenes, he believed in you. He believed in this church. He told me right before he died, I just want to come to St. Louis to be with St. Louis Family Church. I don't have to preach. I just want to come. But he was dying. He was getting ready to die. But that was one of his dying wishes. I said, Reinhardt, you know you're always welcome. He had to cancel. I had the distinction. We had the distinction of being, uh, he had to cancel more meetings with us than anybody in his entire ministry. And his assistant said, uh, he would be embarrassed and he would never take another invitation because he would feel ashamed that he had to cancel. But with us, he didn't have a problem because he knew I was chill. I'm from Southern California, man. I could, I could flow. I'm like a hippie. So it's like, dude, just come barefoot. I don't care, you know. And uh, he came and equipped us. He came and equipped us. I, I am on a mission and look at Exodus chapter 18, verse 20. Look at Exodus 18, 20. Moses was told by his father-in-law Jethro when he was busy overspending his energies, burning the candle at both ends, experiencing potential burnout, and his father-in-law said, you're spread too thin, what you're doing is not good, consolidate, you know, get people that are appointed and anointed and, and, and give them responsibilities. But he said, here's centrally what you're supposed to do, Moses. He said, teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them, look at this, the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. I'm just telling you, I'm not up here to be a motivational speaker. I'm not up here to impress you. I'm not up here to entertain. I'm not up here to hear myself talk. I, am, I, I didn't get in this because I love to get up in front of people. In fact, the first time I had to do a public uh, uh, ex, uh, speech was in elementary school, and I got up and had a panic attack, and I, I only heard a squeak come out of my voice. I went, <laughs> My mom was right there. The teacher was there, all the students. You could have heard a pin drop. And I just walked. I didn't say one word. So uh, I'm the most unlikely person to be in this position, but yet God wanted Moses uh, to teach them the way in which they are to walk. The way, look at this breakdown, the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. There's a work for you to do. You're his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God, pay attention to this, prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. I love Billy Graham. I, I love Reinhard Bonnke. I love T.L. Osborne and people like that, some names you may not know. But I'm the product of wide awake Christians that weren't called into pulpit ministry, but were called into the public arena and understood the power of their testimony and the value of the word of God and the buy-in to share the gospel with lost souls. I'm the product of a Vietnam veteran who told me about Jesus when he's coming out of heroin addiction, 
uh, dishonorable discharge, uh, Eastern religion failure, uh, immorality that blew out his marriage, and he looks at me and tells me Jesus changed his life. That's what got me. It was outside the four walls of a church. It was in the two doors of a 1962 Chevy Impala. And he told me that Jesus gave him help and hope. A girl named Jill Cosby invited me to a church service with a pastor that had feathered hair and bell bottoms. And more importantly, he preached the word with conviction. There was authenticity. There was no affectation. Everybody was conversational. It was so real. And the people were so real that it engaged me and drew me. And I have never been the same since. I'm the product of a stepdad's mother who prayed, who's, who prayed for her son to live through his cancer through the 30s and 40s, for her to overcome cancer in the 1950s, and for her to emerge as an intercessor prayer warrior that was just humble, didn't showboat, wasn't like the most spiritual person in church. In fact, just a humble lady. And I'm a product of her prayers. I love prayer. I believe in prayer, but not when it becomes a thing of a badge of I'm more spiritual than everybody else. I'm a guru. I don't believe in guru status. I believe in the call of servanthood. And so we're called to serve him in faith, walk in love. In such a harsh world, what does that mean? Well, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. You guys still with me? Yep. I'm doing pretty good. In fact, I'm doing better than you are giving me credit. 1 John chapter 4. This is more anointed than you're responding. 1 John chapter 4. It's sad when the pastor has to tell you it's anointed. Anyway, uh, I want to read verse 7 to verse 20. And I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. So if you don't have this translation, you should get it. It's really good. But I'll have it up on the screen. If you want to read it in yours and study it later, this is power-packed. This is power-packed. And it talks about love. Dear friends... Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. And any, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Uvalde, Texas, total lack of empathy. Raised by drug addict grandparents and parents. No response when the diaper was soiled. No love during times. Isolated in a basement, I suppose. This is the malady of our times. This is the cure for that harshness. Jesus is the cure for the toxicity and the poison and the venom of sin. And it's going to only come through the move of the Holy Spirit. You can't legislate it. You can't vote it in or out. It's not a socio-societal uh, shift. It's, there's no way it's going to be appeased by a humanist manifesto or a communist manifesto or any other type of manifesto. It's going to be manifested by the power of the Holy Spirit through the redeemed, through the culture of the kingdom, the racist issues, the division between socioeconomics, the issues of the relationships of all types. There are answers for this, practically speaking. Right here embedded in these truths. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. So we got to, as Christians, make this a go-to primary repeating lesson to learn. The other day I wanted to teach myself a love song on my harmonica. 
to torture, I mean to serenade my wife with. <laughs> I picked up my harmonica. There's a song off the Beatles' White Album um, uh, called I Will. And uh, it's a little two-minute love song by Paul McCartney. So I started to play it, all wrong notes. I searched and searched and searched till I finally found the starter note. When I found it, then I searched for the second note. Honk, honk, honk. Yes, I practiced with my family while they were watching television. That's why you, need, that's why you pray for your pastor's family, just saying. Um, the love walk will be tested. Anyway, so now I, I don't want to brag, but I'm really good at it. I'm not getting much response here. You don't see it, but she's going. I was planted in the car, bordering on crying. Who knows how much I love you? You know, and I'm playing this. And she goes, I feel like I'm at music practice. How do you spell Romeo? No, I don't know. Yeah, thank you. All right. So, but there's an adage, practice makes perfect. And, and, and this message, I have absolutely no problem talking to you about love, probably every service. Uh, my responsibility is, is to restate the essentials to you, really. I'm not, I'm not responsible to be novel and come up with all kinds of, you know, tangential stuff. We need to stay with, you know, when I go to a gym, they have me do push-ups and pull-ups. I get my, you know, they have me do sit-ups. I hate those. And, and, and just to keep, because I've been told that as we age, there's some uh, loss of, of, of lean muscle mass and there's some issues with your bone density and stuff like that. So though the outer man perishes, the inner man's being renewed day by day. So the cure for it is resistance and, and aerobics. So I move around, I walk for about an hour and 20 minutes praying yesterday and I went and did pull-ups over by the playground. I did push-ups on one of the benches and uh, yeah, it, it helped me to get kind of, I came in while I had a good pump. I came and took my shirt off. She looked at, I didn't take my shirt off, took my jacket off, sorry. I w- I'm, usually I embarrass her. I'm embarrassing myself now. She paid absolutely no attention to it. Uh, not interested. But I want to fend off diminishment, spirit, soul, and body. I, want to, I don't want to become harsh because the Bible says in the end times, because lawlessness has increased, many people's love will grow cold. And we've got to be white hot in our love for Jesus and white hot in our love for our neighbor. The ones that are easy to love. I've got neighbors that I just adore that are kind and gentle and respectful and they've got development and they're considerate. And I've got neighbors that are not considerate. And I have to love those ones as much as I love the ones that are considerate. The best thing we could teach our kids is something called unconditional love. We love just because God commanded that we walk in love. This, in fact, is the deal with the church. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another. 
My grandma used to quote the uh, cliche, the adage, charity starts in the home. I found early on, like, we'd be having conflict and stuff, and then the phone would ring, hello? <laughs> we'd be driving to church, having a conversation. <laughs> hey, brothers and sisters. <laughs> so you got to kind of, right? You got you to kind of, okay, let charity starts in the home. Let, let, let's not take each other for granted here. Let's not, let's not take each other for granted. Let's, let, and, and in our local church, let's love each other. Not like, hi, neighbor. You know, that, not, not fake. I hate that stuff. You do too. It's creepy. But I love authenticity. I love it when, man, I, I forgive you. I love you. I'm standing with you. I'm, I'm cutting you slack. I'm tolerating. You know, I'm not endorsing your, 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 your flaws. I believe in God. You win because I have them too. So let's believe God. Let's keep a perspective. And man, let's believe God that while we're in this earth, we can carry this quotient of love to a lost and dying world and show forth his excellencies and show forth. See, this is why we're, we're having an air show. And, and uh, uh, the, the, the airport started by Paul Haglin, a born-again, spirit-filled, solid believer. He was a businessman full of the spirit. He and, he and Gretel, he started that thing in the 1960s when this was hard-scrabbled floodplain. And, he, and it's now one of the most sophisticated types of airports of its type. That's why they could have the air show there. So we're riding on the back of a brother who started something decades before we even started the church. And he was a, 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 here in the church for years, and he's now present with the Lord he had a radio broadcast, and it was always so rich. He had such interesting things to say. He was a beautiful man. And I think, I, I, you know, I was with him. He, he led, he led uh, Dick Rabko to the Lord, and he, he led uh, uh, Siegfried Reinhardt, the painter. He, he, he was an amazing businessman, and in his strata, he would impact people with the gospel and with the new birth and with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we've got this airport down there. And so God put us in this building by the grace of God, and here we are all these decades later, and now the air show happens. So it makes sense to me that culturally we should have a big party and roll out the red carpet to the community and say, not only can you come park here, we insist you park here for free. We'll give you free water. We'll set it up. Get up under our shade, little tiny mini shade trees. You can have it all. You get under them. Hang out. Watch the air show. And by the way, this is the culture of the kingdom. By the way, we love you. By the way, you can't ignore us because we're the body of Christ and we genuinely care. And no, we're not in a little cloistered little building playing a bunch of religious games. We're about the Father's business. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. Our destiny is, is solid and we want to take as many people with us into heaven as we possibly can. So the way we do that is we walk in love. So when you're driving in the, trying to drive through the parking lot at the, at the, at the uh, mall and somebody shoots in front of you and you kind of look at them and they look at you and you can't do that look and take your glasses off and do that look. Because you're Pastor Jeff and you've done TV spots for 25 years. I totally... Shot that one in the foot. I can't do that anymore. And you got to bless those who curse you and pray for those who despitefully use you.
I watched the Justice of the Peace from Uvalde, Texas, interviewed. Such an elegant man. He had identified bodies. He had terrible. He went to that school when he was a child. He said, I, he was so heartbroken, but he, he said, they've, they've elected me to be professional, and I will, I will be professional. And I got what he meant. It wasn't like professional, like some polished sort of showboaty type of thing. It was like, I can't express my bitterness, my rage. I can't express my, even my grief right now. I've got to provide leadership. And I listened to it. I was so inspired by his intent. Look, on a, that learning how to play the harmonica, it's called muscle memory. Where I got where I learned the song... And now I can play the song. That guy, the Justice of the Peace of Uvalde, Texas, he said, this is my mission. This is where I cannot go, and this is what I have to refrain from, and this is what I must do. And this is what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to us as a church coming out of a two-year global crisis with a war in Europe, with uh, the crazy fixation on tearing down the fiber of the leader of the free world nation. You look at the kingdom of God, you look at the body of Christ, it's always been and will be intact because Jesus is the head of it. The foundation is the word of God. We're to be rooted and grounded in love. And this, in fact, is the emphasis that we need to bear down on because God is love. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, verse 11, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to the full expression in us. That's how they'll see. They'll see God shining through our commitment and resolve to walk the love walk. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. Love doesn't flip out. Love doesn't fly off the handle. And and the Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. God's called us to restraint, and I saw it exemplified in the judge of Uvalde, Texas. I saw it. I watched him, and, I, and I, he dignified his office. I watched him make a decision, and I, and I feel like because a lot of this love walk is decisional, I choose this day whom I'll serve. As for me and my house, will serve the Lord. Lord, I commit, I re-up to the love walk, and every time I veer from it, please grant me repentance. Help me to be quick to repent. Help me to grow up in this area. Help me not to fly off the handle, get full of self-pity, become bitter. Right? When I was in Bible school, Pastor Tom Pickens preached on the love walk. And he stood back and he said, boy, every time I teach this subject... I get tested in the love walk. And I was just a young guy going, what's he talking about? Till I went out into the parking lot and started getting offended and went to work and had to deal with, you know, crazy stuff. And um, he said, there, persecution arises for the word's sake. Well, then why are you preaching this to us, Pastor Jeff? Because this is what most exemplifies the Lord and Savior that you and I are committed to. No one's ever seen God, but man, they'll see him through 
your life as you, as, you, as you endeavor to walk this out with patience, cutting each other slack, bridling your tongue, zipping your lip, praying for those that are easy and praying for those that are extremely difficult. Because I find that the people that bug you the most often need you the most. And they need you to be in your A game. And just in case, in the small things, I talk about being cut off in the parking lot yesterday, which is so minor. But you know what, though? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And if you're faithful in a small thing, eensy-weensy little thing, you'll end up being faithful in the medium and the big things. Jesus is preparing us, unbeknownst to a lot of us, so we'll be able to step up. Taylor and Megan's wedding. He said, Dad, I want you to learn this guitar part. I said, uh, I'm not, that's not my primary instrument. You know, um, yeah, but I want you to learn this guitar part. So I learned this guitar part. I played, I, went to, I came to practice. And I came to practice, and it was my turn, piano part, band. Then it was my, and I had a lead part on Maybe I'm Amazed. It's all Beatles today. And so I, I went, and I melted in front of the, the, our sweet, wonderful church band. I mean, and there was mercy that came. But I went home, and there was this voice, feminine voice, coming out of that lady saying, practice, Jeff, practice. So she let me have an electric guitar, chord, amplifier in our bedroom at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, sitting on the edge of my bed. That's how cool, hey, I'm married up. <laughs> Normally, this would be extremely rude and obnoxious, but now, practice, play it 10 more times. Play it 10 more times. So I had my iPad, I played a part, messed it up, messed it up, play it again, messed it up, play it again, messed it up, play it again, messed it up, play it again. Got most of it right, messed it up, oh, play it again, play it again. It's getting better, it's getting better. Ah, oh, I got that note, where's that note, where's that note? And then finally, and, un, un, and tragically for my wife, I know how to play that song now. <laughs> and I play it pretty much every day. <laughs> right? And in case you didn't know it, that's romantic. <laughs> right? And in case you didn't know it, you, you're called by God as realistically as Billy Graham was called by God and Reinhard Bonnke was called by God and these great churches throughout the history, uh, the Philippians and the Thessalonians and, 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 and uh, you know, Saddleback and uh, the, the, the great ministries all around the planet we've heard about, Spurgeon back in the 1890s in London, the, temp, the Baptist church there, the amazingness of what God's called and the purposes of God in this hour is upon you. It's upon each one of us. And again, I am the product of individuals that were authentic, that were not full of self-righteousness, that had a good peace about them and communicated the gospel honorably in a way that, that was elegant, where I could access it and think about it and receive it and, and, and then take hold of it and then nurture it and then learn it and keep playing it, even though I miss the chords and I still sometimes miss them. Where, where do I put, I forgot, which is the better way to play that? And, and I notice that the, the, if I don't try to make it too fancy, it just ends up being right. So I'm believing God that we are gonna get a hold of this walking in love 
And uh, God's going to give us amazing opportunities. And I'm done. Let's stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. Say this with me. I'm a love creature. I'm ruled and governed by love. I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm not flipping out. My face is not made for scowling. My face is made for smiling. The joy of the Lord makes a cheerful face. A merry heart is good like a medicine. Medicate me, Lord, with your holy word. Help me to learn your songs. Play them well through me. In my household, with my loved ones, with the eight neighbors, the easy ones, the not so easy ones. Help me in the body of Christ to honor my brothers and sisters. I pray for those in authority over me, whether I voted for them or not, whether I agree with them or not, I'm honor bound by the Bible to pray for those who are in authority over me so that I may lead a, a dignified life in all godliness and quiet peace. Jesus, hallelujah, you're the strength of my life. I'm going out with joy. I'm being led forth with peace. Now, if you're here today and you've not surrendered your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, do it now, do it now. Repent of your sins, confess them before him. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. He'll save you. He'll wash you white as snow. If you've been away from God, come back to God. If you've been hurt and hardened, forgive and bless uh, 70 times seven. Forgive every, if, if it's somebody who died and they abused you, I'm sorry that happened to you. But don't let it keep repeating in your head. Forgive them and move on. I, I, easier said than done, but we've all been through stuff. We've all been through stuff, trust me. And we just have to just forgive and we have to move on. We don't want to carry that and let it dictate and hinder us because God's called us to some, I'm telling you, really important prayer, really important action. Oh, I see it. I see us deployed. I see us out there as a church body and it's coming soon. So we've got to get ready. Look at somebody next to you and say, I love you, man. God bless y'all. Have a great afternoon.